In today's show, we look at the action from Thursday, including the news about Ja Morant and his knee. And what are we going to do about it? Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. What stuff to talk about? There were five games on. Some stinking games there. Some tanks are really, really rolling on. There's injury news that we're going to talk about. Warney, what do you reckon that we do? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Let's start by talking about Ja Morant. Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> there you go. Ja Morant, he is out for at least two weeks. We were worried about the knee, and then he was sort of bouncing around on the sidelines in Wednesday's game. I thought, oh, maybe it's not too bad. Nah, he's done. They expect him to be back for the playoffs. I would not expect him to play in the regular season. So unless your league is going until the very last week, and even then, you might only get him for one or two games, without an open IL slot, you just can't hold him. What's the point? He's not playing this week. He's not playing next week. Won't play most of the week after. Unfortunately for Jar, it's time to go. Um, I talked about this on maybe the Mailbag Show. I don't remember what show it was. About the injuries that are racking up for Jar. And it's a little bit of a worry. I think we have to be worried about it, but I don't think it's going to. I don't think he's going to get penalised for it because he doesn't have the rep, the injury-prone rep. That's two knee injuries this year, significant ankle injury last year, back problem this year. He's just constantly something's going wrong constantly, and he won't get the penalty. Like I'm never drafting Jimmy Butler. I'm never drafting Anthony Davis. I'm never drafting Kristaps Porzingis. I'm never drafting, insert whoever, play here. Bradley Beal, yeah, whatever. It doesn't apply to Jar Morant for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case. Why he doesn't get dinged, because he's so likable, I guess, but he doesn't get dinged with that injury-prone tag, which you know that I push back on quite a lot. But the injuries are adding up, and they're a real problem. In his stead... Yeah, you got Tyus Jones and De'Anthony Melton. They're excellent ads. There's only three games for the Grizz next week. That is actually fine. And only one of them is a quality game. But when you're talking about the elevation of Melton and, and Jones into these larger roles, they're not blokes who are streamers. They're not guys who become your 12th or 13th best player. They will comfortably be in your best 10. So even though they play in the low-volume days, you're going to use them on those days. So to me, they are absolute must-add players, especially when you're looking for guard numbers. For Portland, Justice Winslow and Josh the Hitman Hart are both out tomorrow. Don't be surprised to see them both out again on Saturday. Very hard to hold that. That's minimum one game for them the rest of this week. Sorry, maximum one game, probably zero games. They're going to sit out plenty of games as we move forward. Again, if this is the last week, bye. Even next week, and you desperately need the games in, you got, especially Winslow, he's much worse than what Hart is. You've got to consider those guys as droppable players. We've got a bit of a Paul George update. He's participating in practices. 
We don't know what that means for when he's going to be back. There's still no time frame on when he's going to return. I don't think it's going to be this weekend. I don't think it's going to be early next week. My guess would be at the earliest it's next weekend, but more likely the week the week after where he might play you know, two, three games to ramp up before the play-in type scenario. The Clippers are also going to be limiting the minutes of Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and Nick Batum to um, 25, 32, and 19, respectively. 25 for Morris, 32 for Jackson, and 19 for Batum to keep them fresh for that play-in. George will come back, and he'll be limited when he returns as well. So you can add him, but be aware you might not see him until the end of next week. That is a distinct possibility as well. Norman Powell might also come back in a similar time frame. We haven't heard anything specific on him coming back from a broken foot. I wouldn't. He's obviously much worse than Paul George. So I wouldn't bother going out to go and grab Norm Powell based on uh, that potential. It's really hard to hold zeros. It's really hard to hold zeros when you go, it's at least a week of zeros, maybe more. Um, but we just, we just don't know with Paul George. It, it is a tough one to try and... Um, to try and work out the best timing to add him at this point. I think that's a it's a pretty tough challenge. I don't know the right answer to it because we just haven't got enough um, information. In most cases, if I'm in a tight battle, I'm not adding him. If I'm comfortably winning, then sure. If I've got an open injured slot, then sure. But if it's a tight battle, I'd be pretty hesitant to do it considering I think he might be back after the third would be my best guess on that one. But I don't have to guess about what college basketball is doing because I know what they're doing. Big schools are losing. The tournament's in full uh, full swing. And for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. It remains your best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just college basketball. You've got the NBA as well. Tomorrow, for example, the Sixers are six-point favorites on the road against the Clippers. Doesn't seem right, does it? Why the six points? Yeah, I know they're pretty good, Philadelphia, but six points seems like a little bit too much. Maybe I'll take the Clippers plus six on that one. But you can check all those odds out at Bet Online. Um, so head to the website, use your mobile device, and learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's go into um, let's go into the recaps. First game. Cavs, Raptors, pretty disappointing for Cleveland. They are, like their Central Division brethren, struggling. The Chicago Bulls, falling back after a hot start to the year. Um, really, yeah, it's not, it's not going great for them. Obviously, there are a lot of injuries there, the absence of Jarrett Allen. Dean Wade, amazingly, is a key piece to them as well. And they said, we've got to go hard after this game. We're going to play big minutes to our starters. They put Kevin Love in to start, and it didn't work out. They lose 117-104 in a key matchup against Toronto. Love played 33. He had 12 and 10 with four assists. Very low usage. But he'd been playing like 20 minutes a night, 22 minutes a night. So getting to 33 is a big win. Marketing, 36 minutes, 20 points, two triples. Not much else there. While Garland, the field goal percentage drain is a big deal at the moment. 39%, 18 points with 10 assists. The 10 assists are great, but he is hurting your field goals. And Mobley had 11 and 8 in 39 minutes with three blocks. Apart from the one of three from the line, that's a good line. You know what, guys? We've got to do it. There's no no excuses now. Karis LeVert. Get that garbage out of here! 11 points, one rebound, one assist, three triples, 24 minutes. And it is time that I think we all come to the understanding or realization that he just isn't that good. I had high hopes for Karis LeVert coming out as a rookie. Um, some early games there in Brooklyn. We've seen flashes of it, but it's never been put together consistently. Um, he needs to be in a situation where it's how I'm, I'm the guy. I need the ball. 
at all times. I need to orchestrate everything. Struggles with both both percentages. Struggles sometimes with def- defensive stats and defensive minutes. He's just not getting the minutes here. That's what I meant to say. Not getting the minutes. I, I don't... Is the upside of him actually high enough to hold through this? No, it's not. So I don't think he's a hold in 12, maybe even 14 team leagues. Okoro is definitely not a 12-teamer. Six points in 27 minutes with four assists. Well, Lamar Stevens, a shockingly good game. 16 and six with two threes. That's two good games in a row for Stevens. Now, I am not at all ready to trust this, but it is interesting to watch. Brandon Goodwin played garbage time. They went with no backup point guard. Or really, they went with Stevens, Levert, and Osman sort of in that backup unit. Well, Chetty had four points at 11 minutes. But what does that mean for when Rondo returns? I don't know. Just one thing on the Cavs that I am going back and edited back in here, because I did forget to mention it, and I should have mentioned it. When I'm talking about yeah, guys like Karis Levert and their value to be dropped, um, yeah, they do have five games next week. So... I guess that that is that's a factor. Like if he plays twenty five minutes a night for five games, it's a hundred minutes for the week. It's the equivalent of a twenty five minute a night player playing four games. And so it's one hundred twenty five minutes for the week. So it's it's a pretty big um, deal there. So I should have mentioned that. I was more talking about on a per game basis. But again, we've got to be really cautious of where schedules lead us. So when talking about the Cavs, um, five games next week. Now I don't think that like Kevin Love will play all five games. I think Levert will, but maybe not. He's still sort of limited minutes-wise coming back from that foot sprain. So while the temptation should be there to drop him, the five games does loom. I, I will be pretty surprised if he plays in all five, to be honest. Um, but it is a possibility. The five games might also give Lamar Stevens enough aid. But we've seen him time and time again. Like these last two games have been great from Stevens. But I'm not sure that he's a guy that we're going to say, hey, he's going to play 26 a night and smash through value. I'm just not sure about that. So, sorry, I just should have mentioned that when I was talking about that initially, but there you go. Five games this week for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Speaking of returns, though, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Balenciaga stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Yeah, Scarves. They're good. No, they're not actually hate Scarves. 26 minutes for OG. 14 points, four triples, three assists, and a block. He shot poorly. He's still got some pain, I'm thinking, in that finger. I do think you have to add OG Ananobi. He's too good to leave on the waiver wire. And his return, it didn't actually impact uh, Chris Boucher as much as I thought it would. In fact, it didn't at all. But remember, Gary Trent is still out. Where Boucher fits after that, I don't know. Boucher played 33 minutes, had 17 and 8 with three steals. It's a really good line. He is still, admittedly, outside the top 130 over the last two weeks, despite playing 24 a night. And when Trenner does play, it will drop off for Boucher. But this was good. Siakam was excellent. 35, 5 and 6 with six triples. And Van Vliet only took nine shots for some reason. He had 10 points, but 8 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, filling it up across the periphery, while Scotland Barnes, eh, not bad from Scotty, 11, 6, and 4, 2 steals and a block. We knew that he was going to drop off from those top 30 numbers he was putting up. OG coming back reduces that. Trent will reduce it again, but he's still going to be pretty good. Um, The big sneeze, he's one of the big losers here with the return of Adenobi, just 22 minutes, 10 and 4. If you were streaming him in, probably wasn't worth it to begin with, but absolutely now he is a drop, while Birch had 4 points in 13 minutes, and uh, Thad Young... 8 in 15. Interesting to see what they do when Flynn returns. Does Birch go out of the rotation? Does Young go out of the rotation? Does Flynn actually play? They were giving. They gave 19 minutes to Armani Brooks here, but remember, that's because Gary Trent was out. So how do they fit Flynn and Trent back in? Brooks played pretty well. Two steals, two threes, six points in 19 minutes. But obviously, he's not really anything of a, uh, of a fantasy option for us. The next game, pretty comfortable victory. 
The pretty comfortable. The the uh, Grizzlies win at one thirty three one oh three. A very very comfortable, um, very comfortable victory for the Grizzlies without a bunch of players. The Pacers were without a bunch as well. Brogdon was um, he was still resting. JB, you've got it again. That is absolutely the wrong button. I'm not tired. Ah, much better. I don't know what to do with Brogdon. I, I don't... This is the thing with this time of the year. It's so annoying from a fantasy analyst projection point of view. Is I don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. So how do I project out anything on this team? Because these are bullshit, nebulous, resting injuries. I could say drop him. I probably would. But he'd come back tomorrow and play 35 minutes in the next game. It's very tough to know. Same with like Jalen Smith with an illness where he was off the injury report, then he didn't play. And Isaiah Jackson had a concussion, then left a the game due to a headache. Like, how do we make sense of this? I, I think you've got to have the dart on your team. Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogo Mobile. Gogo Mobile. No, not the dart. Not the dart. But he like ravaged your percentages. 38% from the field and 73 from the line, which is a good number. But when you take 11 attempts, that actually hurts. It brings you down quite a bit. 14 and 4, two blocks is good. The Red Rooster played 30 minutes. Terry Taylor, 17 and 5. Yes, there was no Miles, no Jalen, no Jackson. That's where Terry fires up. But you always consider that a streamer. While O'Shea Brissett, he's just going to shoot poorly, man. 13 points on 14 shots, but the one steal, two blocks. This is what he can bring. Some defensive stats streaming. While uh, Duarte and Brogdon were out, Justin Anderson started. 10, 9, and 4, one steal, two blocks. These are the things that I liked him for when he played for Dallas and Philadelphia. Just an ability to contribute across the board. Unfortunately, his shooting's bad. 30 from the field, 60 from the line. But there's a little bit of stream value in him. While Heald had 11 and 5 with two blocks and Halliburton struggled for nine points, still had eight assists. Lance Stevenson went off. Yeah, cool. 25 points, five threes in 23 minutes. We've seen Lance have a couple of big games this year. I would not be buying into that at all. Just a lot of mess. Very hard to believe Turner comes back. Brogdon will be limited. You can drop. Smith, I would probably hold. Jackson, I could consider dropping. Headaches, concussion. And then when he comes back, foul trouble and Goga. It's just too messy, man. You just got to make decisions. It'd be good if they could rule. I know he's not playing, but just, just rule Duarte out. Rule McConnell out for the year. Just do something nice for us, Pacers. Well, for the Grizzlies. Um, Dylan Brooks was resting on a back-to-back. Brandon Clark was out with a hip issue that's bothered him all year. And Ja Moran, of course, out for basically the rest of the regular season. So Des Bain took over. He only played 24 minutes, Desi. 30 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 triples. 80% shooting. We're never going to get the answer to the question, what happens to Desmond Bain when he plays alongside Morant and Brooks? We've seen about 110 minutes, I think, of it this season. We just haven't seen it. So I was always thinking, hey, Bain's numbers are going to drop when he has to play next to these two guys because they're going to take a ton of shots. And we just haven't seen it, and we're not going to see it at all. So just ride out Bain. He's been great this year, obviously. Jaron played 17 minutes. He had foul trouble. But he had 20 points. Four triples, one steal, two blocks in 17 minutes. Ha. Huh. The Wave Pool only played 21. DeAnthony Melton, 19 and 6 with five threes. Great ad, as we said already. And Tyus Jones, 11, 3 and 5. That's not exciting, but he had a steal. He hit three threes. And again, 25 minutes. These guys are must-roster guys. With Brooks and Morant out, Conchar had 18, 8, and 4 in 25 minutes. Don't buy into that. Same as the 16 and 5 for the uh, cashier, Xavier Tillman. A steal on a block. I think he's. A, I think he can be a good player, Tillman, but there just hasn't been a role for him here in Memphis. And he really got sort of pushed out of the rotation while Kyle Anderson had 8, 4, and 4 in his 23 minutes. I didn't talk about Stephen Ames, who bought 16 boards. Three steals, three blocks, and six assists. What a crazy line that is. And amazingly, he did not hurt your free throw percentage because he didn't take any. He only shot 43% from the field, but 
otherwise, man, it's good to get a game like that from Big Steve where he doesn't uh, just obliterate the field goal percentage. The next game, the Washington Wizards. They take on the Milwaukee Bucks. It wasn't much of a challenge for Milwaukee. It got a little bit close, I guess. 114-102. The Bucks win this one. With old mate Christos Porzingis. Porzingis. 16-9, two threes. He's playing 32 minutes the last two games. He's played their last back-to-back. There's a back-to-back tomorrow. I expect him to play. I did not expect this to be the case for KP, but he's been great here. Top 30 over the last two weeks. The point guard rotation where I throw my hands up in the air and say, sorry, kids, i got no fucking idea. It continued again because Ish Smith played 28 minutes today and Hal Neto played 20. There is no way of predicting this. Actually, literally none. Neto had 9-1-6. and six. Wasn't a bad night. He hit 57% of his shots. But Smith then went 17-7-6 and six with a steal, and that's great. But tomorrow, he might play 17 minutes while Neto plays 29. There's no way of predicting this, I don't think. They both have stream value, for sure, but it's just the biggest coin flip in terms of who's going to get the numbers. KCP took a lot of shots, didn't hit many of them, 16 points on 16 attempts. But he had two steals, he hit three threes, he's a good 12-teamer. While Kispert only had five points, that's rough, but he did at least supplement that with three steals, worth uh, having hit the moment. While Hachimura started in place of Kuzma, he's just not a good fantasy guy. I don't think he's a good player in real life, but 10-7, and seven, everything else zeros, missed both of his free throws, a destructively bad night. It was worth grabbing him, and if you added him, you probably want to hold through the two more games this week, but this was rough. While Avdia struggled with his shot, 12 points on 39%, and didn't get any defensive stats. But again, if you added Avdia, if you added Hachimura, if you added Kispert, Neto, Smith, you just hold, because you added them for the three games in four nights, and you got two more of them left. So just keep going with that. For the Bucks, there was no Chris. There was no Yanni. Um, so Drew Holiday had 24-3-10. and 10, And Grayson Allen finally did something. 29 minutes, 21 points, 5 triples and a block on 70%. I would not buy into this from Grayson. He's a point streamer for a day like today, much like Paddy Connaughton is, who had 16 with 3 triples in 23 minutes. But when Giannis and Chris come back, the value is just not going to be there. They started Portis next to Brook Lopez. Neither guy really did a huge amount. Bobby had 11-12 and 12 with not much else. Lopez had 13-2 and two with a block. He did play 28 minutes, though. I think I would have Lopez over Portis now. I would consider Portis a drop, but a streamer. And Lopez is a soft ad, but more streamerish. Because these numbers aren't particularly good from uh, Brook. The m- minutes are up. 13 is all right, but no threes, two rebounds. Like It's not great. It's just okay. And I, I added him for this week for these last two days to get the two games on and I needed to get some blocks in. Shits me that he didn't get any today. But I wouldn't look at him as a, yeah, I must have Brook at all costs. Same with Portis. If you want to move on from Portis, absolutely, just move on from Bob Portis. Now, NBA Top Shot. Do you guys know what that is? I'll tell you what it is. It's the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. It's a way to connect with a community of hundreds of thousands of NBA fans as a natural progression from fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan. This is basically what it's like. Part trading card. So instead of a static image on a piece of cardboard, it's a movable video on your website held in the blockchain. It's like the stock market. The value goes up and down. You buy players when they're dropping. You sell them at their highs. You try and cash in in the way that value we know about in fantasy basketball. Buy lows and sell highs. I drum on about that all the time. It's also a bit like fantasy sports, taking advantage of those top performers of the day, selling and buying and all that sort of stuff. That's what it's all about. Investors in Top Shot include Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, a lot of NBA players are in the community as well. You might be asking, why would you buy a highlight when you can just watch it on YouTube? Well, it's not just about watching the video. It's about having the serialized, limited edition version of the NFT 
being that part of the community, getting the perks, collecting the moments, and having fun with it, taking your fandom up a level. So go over to Top Shot, get a starter pack. It's nine bucks. You might get LeBron or KD or even Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley and browse their marketplace and see what else is out there. Go and check out NBA Top, Sh- Top Shot. That's the word. Built Bar. It's good. I could just sit there and say that. It's really good. Tastes great. It's low in calories. It's low in fat. It's low in sugar. It's high in protein. 17 grams in most of these bars. And I tried the puffs, my guys. It's good. Protein-infused marshmallowy goodness. Lemon-dipped cheesecake. Three thumbs up. Loved it. And when you instead of searching for a candy bar, because they're too fatty, they're too sugary, when you're going to the gym and you need a protein bar and you know they taste like garbage, Built Bar just covers both of those bases all at once. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you can order yourself boxes of Built Bar like I did. I just had an order of 11 boxes delivered. That's how much I love them. So head to Built.com and use that code LOCKED15. Built Bar is built different. The next game we look at, the floundering Chicago Bulls. They lose to the Pelicans 126-109. Things are not going particularly well. For Chicago, yes, there was no um, your mate, DeMar DeRozan. So Levine stepped it up. But Levine is every day appearing on the injury report with a knee issue. They played him 40 minutes. Ugh. 39 points, four triples. That's great. It's a great line. He played fantastic. Steal a block, three assists, 52 and 85. It's great. But you are worried about it. Well, Vooch had uh, 16 and 9. It's Vooch. It's big Vooch. Vooch is it. Bitch. He also had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. And then Kobe White got hot. 29 minutes without um, DeRozan. 23 points, six assists, five triples. I wouldn't use this as an indication to add Kobe. Dasunmu started. I, I don't think he's that good. Ooh, I don't think he's that good. I know Chicago fans will come out and tell you, mate, we got a top three player out of the draft. Lottery pick in the second round. I don't think he did. I know he's had some really good moments this year, but he has struggled for a fair bit of time now. Um, the fantasy value has fallen way off. He's still barely a top 200 player this year, despite playing 27 minutes a night. He's a very comfortable drop in fantasy. 4-4-5 four, four, and five he had here, shot the ball poorly, and he's just struggling a little bit at the moment. Crusoe's not really doing anything. 11-1-2 is shocking. A steal is all right. If you want steals, Caruso has the value. But that's it. I wouldn't look at him for much more than that, while Javante Green blocked a shot and took three shots. Tristan Thompson's one of the worst players in the NBA, non-DeAndre Jordan division. I don't know why he's on this team or getting minutes. He got ejected sitting on the bench. So I guess that's cool. Um, and just honestly, just a poor performance from Chicago. It, it hurts that Lonzo's not there. I know that. Um, but man, and DeRozan was out. But it, it was bad. Oh yeah, you don't need Patrick Williams, by, by the way. Two points in 17 minutes. He is not remotely a 12-team league guy. He's not a 14-team league guy, and he's probably not a 16-team league guy. He might be a 20-team league player, maybe 18. I just I don't see it in other formats for him. For the Pelicans, let's talk good things now, because Devontae Graham, finally, 29 minutes, 30 points, 5 triples, 4 assists, and a steal. Two more games this week. He won't shoot 67%, I guarantee you that. But at least this gives him a buffer in terms of minutes. Still no Brandon Ingram. Don't know when he's going to return. Um, Valanciunas, 16 and 19 with a steal and a block. He's a really good night. Jonas Vasilinovansas. And the big fella, Jose Alvarado, 29 minutes, 15.7 assists and three steals. He is a great assists and steal streamer. 
The value is probably going to be all over the place, but this was fantastic. While McCullum had 25, 3, and 6, and Herbalife Jones, 24 minutes. He had foul trouble early, Herb. That's why the minutes were down. 7, 3, and 3 with two steals. Not a great night from Jackson Hayes. 6 and 5, 29 minutes. But again, the reason we held him at this point is schedule-related. Two more games this week, including one tomorrow. Dropping him when he's got two games in three nights, you're not really benefiting in terms of adding extra games. So I think you got to hold. After that, his schedule next week is shocking. So you can get rid of him after that. All Pelicans have got a shit schedule. Three games, no qualities. You can get rid of him after the end of this week, but you hold for now. Well, Larry Nance returned. Nine and four. He had a block. He played 18 minutes. It's fine. It's not bad. The 18 minutes is where you go. I don't... And he's not going to play this back-to-back surely coming up. So I wouldn't get excited about adding him. But he is back. And that is going to have an impact on Hayes, especially when Ingram is back. But I wouldn't rush. Nance, to me, is not a 12 ad. Maybe 16. Maybe 14. Maybe. Very maybe 14. I wouldn't bother in 12s. While Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy, they lost a bit of playing time there with Laz returning. All right. Let's do the next game, the last game of the day. The Phoenix Suns. Man, bloody hell. They are so good. They get the victory over the Nuggets. They were down, and they just come back and win somehow, every time. 140 to 130. Phoenix wins it. Chris Paul returned. He played 30 minutes. He had 17, 4, and 13 with a triple one. It's literally like he never left. Just amazing to have him back and producing those numbers. If you did take the risk on adding him, congratulations. Cameron Payne. Yeah, 9-1-5. and five. Thanks for your service, Cameron. It was very, very good. And now it is time to go. Get that garbage out of here! Well, Devin Booker said, oh, Chris Paul's coming back. That doesn't matter. I'm still going to go crazy. 49-4-10 and 10 with three steals and a block. Just a huge game against a massive opponent. Bridges had 22-1-2 and two, and all the stars firing here were 8-16-7 and 16 and 7, and Crowder 12-6 and 6 with 4-3. Still got Cam Johnson to return as well, which might push Crowder to be a back-end sort of player. But this team is just the juggernaut at this stage and have to be the overwhelming favorites. I'm sure they're not. They have to be the overwhelming favorites for the uh, the NBA title at this stage. I'm just going to have a look to see, are they actually the, the overall, um, what's his name? The overwhelming favorite as I just claim them to be. Where are we? NBA championship odds. Yeah, they are. Well, not overwhelming, but they are the favorites. Yeah, as they should be. Because they're bloody good. And they put in another huge effort here. With you know, Crowder back and Paul back and Tory Craig now only played 19 minutes with eight eight points. But the Nuggets, Big Chungus had 28, 6 and 6 and 3 steals on 90% shooting. What a game that is. 82 from the line as well. And Farton Will Barton, finally a good game. 17, 5 and 8. He'd been rough outside the top 200 over the last two weeks. I wouldn't say that this is an indication to go grab him. He shot 70%, but the stream value is there, obviously. Morris had 14, 2, and 4, but only 27 minutes for Monty. Very interesting because the big stiffy played 24. 25, actually. 23 points for Bones Highland. Four triples, a steal, and a block. Continues to play excellently. Unfortunately, he shot just 5 of 9 from the line. He's top 100 over the last two weeks. There's 12-team value in him. The worry you have is the doctor, Michael Malone, and how much he plays him, but the production's unbelievable. Aaron Gordon had 21 and 6 with not much else. I wouldn't say that, look, he's fine to have, but I wouldn't say he's a guy that you go, well, I'm set now. I've got Aaron Gordon. He's going to lock in. He's going to start in a weekly lineup. I'm going to be happy all the time. Generally, he's going to be one of your back-end guys who you could move in and out. Jermichael Green didn't do anything. Austin Rivers, Tony Snelled his way to a 19 trillion. He did take one shot, though. Missed it. That is it, 19 trillion. And Boogie had 10 and 6 in his 16 minutes. 
Let's look at the lines of the night now. The Monstrous, of course, must go to Devin Booker. Your waiver wire is Kobe White, who took advantage of DeRozan's absence. Your young gun is Des Bain. And your dart of the night is Karis Levert. The top 10 players for today's games. Number one was Devin Booker, followed by Desmond Bain, Pascal Siakam, Stephen Adams, Devontae Graham, Nikola Jokic, Jonas Valanciunas, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and Chris Paul. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Kobe White, I don't buy it. Grayson Allen, no. Lance Stevenson, absolutely not. Ishmith, yes. Some stream value there. Two more games. Alvarado, two more games as well. Maybe for assists and steals. Tyus Jones, absolutely. Um, Serge Barker, he played well today. I don't really buy it. Johnny Conchard, not really. Paddy Connaughton, nice points streamer. And Justin Anderson. As long as Brogdon and Duarte continue to be out, then there is a little bit there for Jazza. Top 10 players. In points leagues, Booker, Adams, Levine, Siakam, Bain, Jokic, Valanciunas, Vucevic, Graham, and Drew Holiday. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.